Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. In this series, we've talked about ways we sometimes hear the voice of God. Hearing God in nature, in community, in tradition. Today, we explore hearing the voice of God within. What does it mean to be prompted to action by an unseen force? How are we guided by a voice we do not hear, but in some way, we feel? I invite you to close your eyes and listen. Listen to that voice inside, that voice that isn't heard with our physical ears, but is instead heard by the Spirit within us, Spirit talking to Spirit. Something that I've noticed is that people that I'm in relationship with, they hear God's voice differently than I do. And I I find that they hear it in the way that they need to receive it. For me, it's almost like an unction in me to either give a word to somebody or to um, make a move that the Lord is is guiding me in. A word will suddenly drop in my, my mind, a word that I don't use very often. And it's not a perfect, mechanic to it. You just have to trust and push into what God is trying to say to you. It's usually a calm voice. It's um, a truthful voice and a trusting voice. God just spoke to me really patiently, really kindly, like the way that you know, the the fruit of the Spirit would be exhibited. And out of all the voices in my head of my second guessing and my questioning, he was really the only adult voice talking in the room. He was the one who was actually giving me clarity, giving me peace. Like his was the only voice of truth in the room. everyone. That video, well, that audio was wonderful. Um, It's so neat to hear different voices that I recognize from our our church family and them just talking about uh, how God spoke to them. Um, This year, we have been discussing and focusing on the vision of 2019, and that's together with one heart and mind, drawing closer to God. And it's really neat because in this series we're currently in, our focus has been hearing the voice of God and learning how to hear his voice. And in all the um, Sundays we've been in this series so far, there's been a unifying thread that maybe we didn't necessarily point out, but that unifying thread is the Holy Spirit. And it's so great that I have a chance to talk to you guys about the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, I'm super familiar with the Holy Spirit. I was raised in a Spirit-filled family, a Spirit-led family, and I'm just honored to be able to talk to you guys about Him this morning. Um, So who is the Holy Spirit and what is He saying? Before I jump into that, let me just pray real quick. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity this morning. I ask that your children that are here today that want to hear from you, that their ears can be opened to what I say, maybe not even what I say, but what you definitely say. I ask you to cut to the core of who they are and where they are in life, just as you do so very well. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He has been around since time began, and a lot of people have familiarity with God the Father, God the Son, but not so much God the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like there's the weird one, the cool one, and then the mean one. And they're not so sure about the weird one because a lot of times that's how people feel. The Holy Spirit's kind of strange. I don't get it. Is he power? Is he ability? Is he insight? Is he the tongue thing? Well, honestly, he's all of that and more. But I want us to look at what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read this quickly from John. This is right before he ascended back to heaven. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. So as you can see, Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a powerful person of the Godhead, and he is directed by Father God. And for too long, we've had the wrong focus on what the Holy Spirit is like. Um, you know, it's mainly focused on the unique manifestations that we see with the Holy Spirit. And honestly, it spooks some people out. But the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is our friend, and he wants to be with you. You know, the truth is, is people are weird. Whether it be the Holy Spirit or something they ate, without... That's, that's where it is. It's not the Holy Spirit that makes them weird. They're just a little weird themselves. And so crying and tongues, chill bumps, all of those type things, those aren't the Holy Spirit. They might be the way that the Holy Spirit represents himself in some situations. But that's not the Holy Spirit. But it is how God moves in the world today. And each one of us are made in his image. We are all triune beings. You are a spirit who lives in a body, and you have a soul. You might say, Nicole, soul, spirit, I don't get the difference. Basically, your soul is how you interact with the world around you, your mind, your will, and emotions. Your spirit, though, is how you interact with God. And that's how God speaks to us, is spirit to spirit. So this morning, I want to say, how do we speak with the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the first ways is through promptings. The Holy Spirit prompts us to prayer and action. It's a feeling. It's something you can't quite shake. A definition of prompt is to move to action. The action of saying something to persuade, encourage or remind someone to do something. In writing, it's a set of directions or a passage from a book, a poem, or a play to give ideas to write something. In school, we all got those prompts for tests. That's kind of how the Holy Spirit works. He prompts us in certain situations. Maybe you leave your house and you're getting in your car and you remember real quickly, oh my gosh, I left a candle burning. So you go back inside and blow out the candle. Of course, 
that could be just a good memory and that coming to your thoughts. But also it could be the Holy Spirit helping your house not burn down. And so you need to listen to those type things whenever they come to you. You know, it's um, a nudge, like this gut feeling, something you can't shake. It's just something that comes out of the blue and it just drops down into your spirit. And usually that could be the Holy Spirit. And it can lead us to new opportunities. It can lead us to safety. It can lead us to speak to someone else and to, to share the gospel. In Romans 8, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Remember I talked about we are three. With our spirit, because we are children of God. Stop thinking that Holy Spirit isn't speaking, first off. But also, stop thinking that he's not speaking to you. Because I promise you, he is speaking to you. It's just maybe you don't understand what he's saying or quite how to hear what he is saying. But if there's one thing I can get to you this morning, please just believe he is speaking to you. Because the Holy Spirit, honestly, <laughs> wants to speak to you more than we even care to listen. And that's why it's so important for us as a church, and it's so wonderful as a church, that we're talking about how to listen. So I want to give you some examples from Scripture where the Holy Spirit spoke. We celebrated Pentecost last week, and a lot of people think, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the big thing there. And it is a great celebration, but the Holy Spirit has been all through time, and he's represented very different places in Scripture. But I'm just going to touch on a couple here this morning. And one is in Haggai 1.14. So the Lord excited the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. They came together to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. So their spirit inside of them was excited and what made that happen was the Spirit of God. It excited them to action and to do something and to work on the temple together. And then in Luke 2.26, there's an old man. His name is Simeon. And he was very, very close to the Lord and was always talking to the Holy Spirit. And Scripture said, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Messiah. And then moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the, when the parents brought in the baby Jesus to do for him with the custom that the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So that's an amazing example right there. It was the Spirit of God that prompted him to go to the temple. Because today, that day that he went to the temple was the day that he was going to see the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit had already spoke to him and promised that. Now there's a couple examples. I'm going to move this because it keeps shaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just a distraction for me. I'm going to tell you guys a couple examples in my life um, from hearing from the Holy Spirit. And as I mentioned, um, I've been hearing from the Holy Spirit for a while because it was something that was fostered in my life as a child. My amazing parents who are here today, they made sure that the Holy Spirit was known in our family. One of the first times that I really remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me, um, I was about seven or eight years old. At that time, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. 
And I woke up one morning, and my sister, who is about eight years older than me, was getting ready to go to the beach with some friends. And for some reason that day, I just was like, Mom, I don't want her to go. I just don't want her to go. Please don't let Tamla go. My mom basically thought at the time that it was just, you know, I'm a little sister, and so maybe I was a little jealous, and I wanted to go. But off and on for the rest of the day, I was crying. I was saying, I miss my sister. I wish you hadn't let her go. I wish she was here. What I had, and like I said, I didn't know it at the time, what I had was a burden, and it was a burden from the Holy Spirit. Because that day, my sister was involved in an awful attack. And in that looking back, my mother obviously a little bit later realized, oh my goodness, my seven-year-old was hearing from the Holy Spirit through a burden in her heart. And because I was a child, I didn't know that I needed to stop and pray until that burden lifted. But that was about the first time that I remember hearing from the Holy Spirit. I've heard from the Holy Spirit many other times, but... One other time that comes to my mind is fast forward 20 years later after the first time I heard him, and I lived in D.C. I was in grad school. I was getting ready to um, graduate, and I was trying to figure out, was I going to stay in D.C. or was I going to leave? I wanted to stay in D.C. I loved it there. I thought that I was, you know, doing the right thing. And the issue was, is every door was closing in my face. I had a couple clients that I was working with. I lost those contracts. I had so many interviews. People in D.C. don't get interviews. It's almost impossible. I had so many, and none of them came through. And so I was coming to the point I needed to, to put in my notice for my lease, and I'm literally on my face in the floor of my little tiny studio apartment, and I'm like this, and I'm crying out to God, God, help me know what to do. I, I just, I want to be here, but I'm just not sure what's next. And as the most real thing that I can explain it to you by, it's as if I felt something touch my chin and do like this. And in that moment, I heard, I've got you. I heard it in my spirit, I've got you. And I set up, I had been crying and praying. I set up and I was like, whoa, what was that? And the verse in Psalms came to me. I had to get my Bible, I wasn't sure what it was, but Psalms 3.3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. And in that moment, I just started bawling, crying, but I had this peace come over me that said, Nicole, you're leaving. You're going to Orlando, Florida, because that's where I want you to go, and you just need to give in to it. Now, let me tell you, my, my soul didn't feel so great. I was still upset. I was going to miss my friends. I loved my apartment. I loved D.C. and that life, but the spirit inside of me was just, okay, let's do this. The next week I put in my lease notice and I was out the door come February. And then very recently, I went on a uh, date and it was a coffee date, so it wasn't like, you know, anything too serious. And we hadn't interacted much, just us two alone. And so I get up that, the morning of the date and suddenly a song pops in my head song I hadn't heard in forever, and it's by a band called Hanson. Any Hanson fans? I know there's one over here. Yep, yep, <laughs> telling our age. And it's a song from their first album, and it's called Weird. And it says, isn't it weird? Isn't it strange? And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard that song in forever, in forever. Just kind of brush it off. The song keep, kept coming to me multiple times throughout the day. I was like, what is going on? So it's like around 2 o'clock, and we were going to meet at 4. And 
it comes to me again. And I'm like, okay, God, you're telling me this date's going to be weird, aren't you? That's exactly what you're saying. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I go on the date. Guess what? It was weird. It was really weird. You know, and I can get along with anyone, to be honest, but it was weird. And so that was the Holy Spirit just recently talking to me about it. (laughs) And so he speaks to us in very unique, personal, specific ways. For me, it's usually words or music, like a a definition I have to look up. And sometimes I have to seek it out. Uh, If he gives me a definition, sometimes I have to open up the dictionary and look at all of the different definitions. And usually something pops out to me. How many of you have had like a something told me moment? Any of you? I can't really see all of you, but I'm sure there's a lot of people raising their hands. It's just like a something told me moment that you're like, ah, something tells me I don't need to do this. Or something tells me I need to do this or that I need to go here. And it's just interesting because a lot of times we don't recognize it, but that could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Now, the one thing that pains me is that whenever people don't feel like that they are worthy of hearing from the Holy Spirit. And perhaps that's why sometimes we don't hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we're afraid that, yes, God can speak, but we're afraid of what he might say because he knows all of our failures. He knows all the ways we've screwed up. He knows so much about us. But if we're afraid to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it's because we don't know the heart that he has towards us. I'm sorry, whenever I was writing this message, this part just got me for some reason. He is so gentle to us. He is so sweet. He is so kind. He's not wanting to condemn you or tell you all the things you've done wrong. He wants to love on you. He wants to encourage you. He is especially fond of you. He adores you. He adores you, Leslie. He adores you, Dylan. He loves you so much. He just wants to talk to you. But you've got to believe that he can and that he will. And we've got to learn how to lean into those promptings and keep saying yes and acknowledging, you know what? That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call it for what it was. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just my mind. It wasn't just my emotions. That was the Holy Spirit. And whenever we acknowledge them and we keep saying yes to those promptings, then we've got to learn how to pursue those promptings. Because guys, we are called to pursue the Holy Spirit that is within us, okay? If you are a child of God, a scripture that I read earlier said that if you're a child of God, you are led by the Spirit. If you are a child of God, if you've given your heart to the Heavenly Father, you have the Holy Spirit within you, like that, okay? Some people say, well, I'm a new Christian, so maybe the Holy Spirit is not quite strong in me. There's no such thing as a Holy Spirit junior, okay? You have the same power in you from the moment you are saved and sanctified as the Spirit that brought Jesus back to life in that tomb. You don't need to look at it like, oh, one day I'll be holy. One day I'll be able to hear from God. No, you can hear it today. You can hear it as soon as you give your heart to Jesus. But Scripture does tell us we have to test the spirits, to verify things. And in scripture, it says, whenever that scripture, it says, test the spirits and verify. If you notice, 
it's a plural because there's a lot of other spirits in the world, okay? But there's only one Holy Spirit, and that's who we're talking about today, and that's who we want to push into and hear from. There are three sources of promptings in our life, and this is usually where they come from. First and foremost, what I was talking about is from the Holy Spirit. And then they can also come from your mind, your wisdom, your imagination. Those are all wonderful things. They're all great things, right? But they can also come from demonic spirits. And so you need to learn how to pray to the Lord to discern what is what and to be able to to separate and test those spirits. Now, one thing about promptings that I, I was speaking about earlier is promptings are not infallible. You can be really, really, really excited, start up in your heart about something, and have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Not at all. You might be wrong, and that's okay. To hear from the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you have to be right every time. But it's kind of like exercising a muscle. You know, it takes a little time. It takes a little time. There's a trial and error aspect to it. But you can't be afraid. You cannot be afraid. You've got to have faith, okay? And that's a super hard thing to have, especially with something that's a little mystical and mysterious. Promptings also are not huge information downloads. I think that's what a lot of us would like, is just give it all to me now, Lord. Just let me know what's going on in my future. But usually it takes faith on our part to put the pieces together. Like I was talking about, um, sometimes I'll get a song in my spirit, and I don't really know the song. Maybe I know the chorus, and so I have to go look up the lyrics. And lo and behold, usually something pops out to me about whatever I'm praying about. It's like a little treasure hunt. Look at it that way. (laughs) Another thing we need to remember, though, is that Scripture says don't suppress any spirit and don't stifle whenever a word comes from the master, but it also says don't be gullible. Check it out, and anything that's tainted with evil at all, throw it out, but keep the rest. So how do we test things? This is some practical stuff. First, does it line up with Scripture? If someone says to you, I feel like the Lord is really telling me that I should be married to so-and-so. But so-and-so is married already? (laughs) I'm just going to verify that that is not the Holy Spirit talking to you, okay? It's not, because that goes against Scripture, and the Holy Spirit does not speak against Scripture. Another way that you can test it is, does it reflect the character of God and His ways? His ways are something that we learn by walking with him, okay? My mother, myself, and my sister, our voice on the phone, we can trick people. It's very easy. But the one person we can't trick is my father because he's gotten used to knowing the characteristics of our voice. And that's how it has to be with the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of times if you don't have a direct scripture, That's okay, but you can look and say, does this reflect the character of God? Is it loving? That's the word I'm hearing, loving. Is it wise? Is it holy? Is it faithful? Is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Is it forgiving? If it fits in some of those areas, it's probably the Holy Spirit. The next way is, does does it bear witness with your spirit? Do you feel quickened or is it flat and dull? If you feel something in your spirit and it's just like, uh, 
okay, then it might just be the pizza you ate that's like messing with your imagination, giving you some indigestion or something. But whenever something bears witness to you and you just feel like, oh yeah. For me, an example, whenever I was in DC and the Lord gave me that word real quick, I just had peace wash over me. And my spirit said, okay, we're going to Orlando. This is what we're doing, you know? And so I knew right then because it lined up with my, my spirit, and then also the Lord gave me a scripture that let me know it was him as well, that it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. Saying all that, though, I want you to keep something in mind. I heard this one time, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to use that one day. <laughs> the Lord told me is not a substitute for the Bible says. Because even though it might be good or exciting or cool, if it goes directly against the character of God or the word of God, Throw it out. It's tainted. <laughs> and always pray over things, right? And then the next thing we have to practice is our listening to the Holy Spirit. We practice communing with the Holy Spirit to build our confidence. We started this series with Ryan saying that the hardest thing to overcome sometimes is trusting that God even wants to speak with you, that you're even worthy. You totally believe he's speaking, but you just can't imagine how he would want to speak to you. And we learn to build up our confidence by listening to the voice of God. But there's a scripture I want to point out to you that I hope might bring some of that confidence and remove some of the doubt that the Holy Spirit wants to commune and talk with you. It's uh, whenever Paul was at the church of Corinth, it's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You've probably heard that before, right? Well, it starts with the word grace. And then it goes to the word love. And then suddenly Paul turns to an action word. Here it says fellowship. The, the Greek root word of that, though, is koinonia. Say koinonia. Y'all can speak Greek. It's so cool. And the amazing thing about that word is it's active. It's not a passive word. It shows a level of intimacy. It shows a close personal relationship with someone. And whenever Paul is explaining how we're to interact with the Godhead, it's that word. He's talking about the Holy Spirit that he wants us to be active in it. He wants us to be personal and close and intimate. There needs to be a conversation. It represents something. It's where we get our word for communion. It's to be together. Because that's where the Holy Spirit is. He's with us. He's here on earth. Another practice we have to remember is to position ourselves. We've got to silence the other voices around us. I was reading, studying for this, and there's something called interruption science. And interruption science says that we are interrupted approximately every three minutes during the work week. I, I say it probably goes to the weekend too, but this is what the study says. We're interrupted at least every three minutes. The fact that there's a science to study how interruption works um, on human abilities kind of tells you there's an issue. Busyness is a problem, and it can stop us from hearing the voice of God and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. 
uh, there's a scripture, it's talking about Mary and Martha in scripture, and it says, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she missed hearing Jesus. Jesus was right there in her living room, and she was doing something really good. She was serving. She was probably a two on the Enneagram. She's serving. She's helping, but she missed Jesus in her living room right then and there. And the thing is, is she was just busy. She was distracted. So we have to take time to slow down and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. I'm telling you, busyness will get us all if we're not careful. And we also have to remove and identify the competing voices that are around us. Whether it be family, friends, work, society, your social life, there's always some other voice that's coming at you. Always some other opportunity for you to be a part of. We've got to figure out how to get out of that. We've got to either remove them or at least identify to minimize them in some form or fashion. In scripture, Elijah is praying for rain and it says that he goes up into away from some of the, the crowd, but he puts his head in between his knees and he cries out and prays for rain to come. Whenever I was reading that, I was like, you know what? It's very likely that he needed to put his head in between his knees so he could get away from the voices and the naysayers. He was trying to drown, drown out people saying, Elijah, it hasn't rained in a long time. Some people are alive today who have never even seen rain. You just need to give it up. But he said, no, I am going to push those voices out of my head. And I am going to pray to God the Father. And guess what happened? The rain came down. And so that is just a perfect example of how we have to push other voices away. One other thing we have to really do, which might sometimes be one of the harder things to do, is we have to change the paradigm of how we look at things. Like I was saying, we like to have the whole story. We like to have everything at once. It's usually not how the Holy Spirit works. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's usually not how the Holy Spirit works. It's more like a turn-by-turn GPS direction type thing. You put something in your phone here, it weighs, and it, it gives you the first step. It says, go north on Aldine Road. And then it, you get to the next area, and it says, take a ride on Orange. And that's a lot how the Holy Spirit is. He just gives us little pieces, little pieces to trust him. And one thing that I love about the Holy Spirit that I have seen him do quite a few times in my life is I'll be going in a direction and all of a sudden he'll be like recalculating, 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 recalculating. But he does that because he adores us. He helps us get back on the right path, which is the path to him and the path to the heavenly father who loves us and adores us. We kind of have to put on like supernatural goggles. That's like the only thing, thing I could think of. It sounds so corny, but we have to look at the world around us differently. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but they consider them foolishness and can't understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You have the Spirit of God within you if you have made Him the Lord of your life. And that Holy Spirit within you, whenever it speaks to you, sometimes it may not make sense. A lot of times it may not make sense. It might seem a little weird. It might seem a little scary. 
It might seem a little crazy. It might seem that there's no way what you're telling me right now, Holy Spirit, that I can do. There's no way that I can handle this on my own. But that's okay. Because guys, it didn't make sense for two people who were 90 years old to be calling themselves fruitful whenever they had no children at that time. It doesn't make sense for someone to walk around a city wall for a whole week straight and then suddenly blow a trumpet and the walls fall down around them. That doesn't make sense, guys. You know what else doesn't make sense? Is to take a, a couple loaves of bread and a couple fishes and end up being able to feed 5,000 people. And that's not even counting the men. I mean, that's only counting the men. It doesn't count the women or the children. None of that makes sense. None of that makes sense. What the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life may not feel like it makes sense right now. Where the Holy Spirit is leading you in your life may not feel like it makes sense right now. But the amazing thing is, is things that don't make sense to you right now, He can make sense of them in the end. And you have to trust that. You have to lean into Him. You have to be led by His Spirit because His Spirit adores you and He wants to speak with you and He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you whole. I've had moments in my life, lots of them, that if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit within me, I don't know if I would be standing here right now. I'm not even kidding. I don't know if I would be alive. The enemy has, has fought me with all kinds of things in my life. He's been trying to take me out since I was a child. But the Holy Spirit inside of me is stronger. The Holy Spirit inside of me can look to the Father above and speak to His Spirit. In the Old Testament, there was a young man, and his name was Samuel. And he was, I don't know how young he was. It probably says, but I don't remember. And he is in bed and he keeps hearing the voice calling his name. He gets up and runs to his mentor. Says to his mentor, yeah, okay, I'm here. I heard you calling me. His mentor says, no, sorry, kid. I'm not calling you. He goes back to his room. He hears it again, Samuel. He goes back to his mentor. It's not me. He does this a couple times. And then his mentor finally says, you know, I think... The Spirit of God might be trying to speak to you right now. And so he goes back to his room and he says what might be one of the boldest statements that you can say. And a statement that I want you to leave here today being able to be bold and say and that speak Lord for your servant is listening. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to Samuel and showed him clarity for the rest of his life and what his meaning of life was to me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can you guys say that with me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As I close, um, I'd like you guys to stand up with me, if you could. I'm going to start a prayer, and then I will prompt you to repeat after me. And I want everyone to take a deep breath right now. In scripture, the word usually used for spirit is ruach. And that means breath. And the breath of the Holy Spirit is in this place right now. I ask that you remove any distractions. Don't worry about 
where we're going for lunch. <laughs> Don't worry about, do I have my to-do list ready for tomorrow? I just want you to close your eyes right now because we're about to speak to the Holy Spirit. And it's a holy moment. It's a divine moment that we can't take for granted because we get to pull heaven down into earth right now. I'll tell you when to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in this room. We thank you for being with us. We are lovers of your presence. Lord, we are empty without you. We don't know what to do without you. You are the one who directs our steps and orders our path. So we ask you today, now repeat after me, Holy Spirit, be welcome in my life. Help me be more aware of you. Help me to know your voice and to listen to it. Kindle your fire that is inside of me and guide me in your ways. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, act through me. Holy Spirit, help me to be holy as you were holy. When I don't know what to pray, I ask that you pray through me. Give me clarity of your voice. Help me and counsel me. Lead me and direct me. Encourage and empower me. You are my comforter and you give me wisdom. And I praise you for all of these things. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us in this place. We love you so much. We worship you this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask that right now that you speak to the hearts of your people and allow them to feel your presence and hear you in a way that they've never felt before. Now I ask you this morning, you say, Nicole, this is awesome. I want to hear from the Lord. I, and I've never heard from him before. And I'm just kind of scared. I need some direction. Or maybe you say, Nicole, you're talking about that child thing, being a child of God. That's a prerequisite to having the Holy Spirit. And you're not so certain that you are a child of God. I ask you to either turn to someone beside you and pray with them, or we also have people in the back who are willing to pray over you. And I ask as we go into this next session of worship that you focus on the Holy Spirit and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.